is mindset. Like you can have all of this knowledge about any topic, but you will never be abundant. You will never be wealthy until you change your mindset. It has to start there. And when you know that you deserve to have abundance in your life and to create wealth, then your mind just looks for those opportunities. On my million dollar Entrepreneurship wisdom. Learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're broke. Here's your host, Billy the Kid, aka Billionaire. Like a millionaire and hustle like you broke. This free game to change your life, you better so think, think like a millionaire and hustle like you broke. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, baby. It is your boy Billy the Kid, aka BDK. I am pumped right now. It is the end of December, guys. Like literally three days away from uh, the the end of the year, and a couple things. First, make sure you guys look back uh, at the year that you had, and then also, most importantly, look forward to what you're gonna do in the new year coming up. So, 2024 is upon us, guys. Um, most likely, I will be releasing this episode to start the year strong um but uh if i don't just know when we're recording it uh it is in december uh at the end of the year so again like this is actually december 28th so uh we're what is it three days away from uh new year's eve and starting 2024 with that being said um so i am doing the goal setting mastermind again this year uh, those of you who did it last year, hit me up if you're interested in following up because now it's a new year, time to set new goals. And, and um, it, the, the thing is, guys, is that you have to be conscious. You have to make those decisions to be around things like this because last year, if you and I've seen shout out to everybody that joined it. You guys, I've, I see you guys. You guys have done amazing for 2023. Now, let's keep the momentum going. Uh, and if it is not with mine, go to another goal setting, but please do, because you have to keep programming yourself. You ca- you have to keep reminding yourself, Hey, we're setting goals. Here's what we're doing. Right. Uh, because if you fail to do that, the worst thing that could happen, I don't want the worst thing to happen, which is nothing, right? Like you do nothing for the new year. Um, and because again, we're just constantly programming ourselves. Right. And so even if uh, it is repetitive, right, like you, you might do the same goals or or uh, whatever goals you did. Now you you want to get that same thing to the next level, which is totally OK. That's how it should be. And you're going to learn on this podcast today that it is on baby steps. Um, so with that being said, even if you did the goal setting last year, I would encourage you. This should be a thing that you do every year, guys. Um, and so with that being said, I had it listed for January 6th. But uh, which is a Saturday, but I think uh, based on a couple people, a few people that have told me that they uh, they have some stuff going on the day, we're gonna push it to January thirteenth. And actually, let me make sure before uh, just to confirm. But uh, yep, so the next week will be January thirteenth. So I'm gonna push it back a, uh, about a week, or it is a week from the sixth of when we originally intended to do it. So if you're interested, guys, go to BillyTheKid.com and sign up now. Uh, The spots are limited. I don't want to get too big with the group because uh, I do believe still in um, more of the one-on-one, right? Like the more of the private feel, if that makes sense. So if you're interested in the goal-setting mastermind for January 13th, Go to BillyTheKid.com right now and sign up. Uh, guys, it is only $300, and if you bring your spouse, I'm doing it for only $50 more for you to bring your spouse because I truly believe that it should be something that you do together. So go to BillyTheKid.com and sign up before the spots are gone. Um, and once they're gone, guys, we're shutting it down. So please make sure that you go a- ASAP. Um, other than that, guys... Uh, real quick, uh, I'm super excited. Just 2024, my baby was just born. Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, she just turned three weeks, so going on four weeks, and it's been an amazing ride. Um, I will say, so when when my oldest were born, um, there, there's just a different feeling. You love them the same, definitely, right? And and you love each one in their own way for sure. But um, it hits different when you 
are older and you actually planned it and you, um, uh, you, you planned everything, right? Like uh, you went and bought uh, the stuff that you needed and without worrying about it, right? Because, and, and that was the point that I was trying to make. Um, at the very beginning, it was more like I wanted to prove to myself, right, that I could be a dad, that I could do it, right? So there was a there was way more struggle at that point. But thank God nowadays uh, it's just crazy. It's just a whole different vibe. And those of you who have kids later in life, definitely I know that you will understand. So it's been a blessing. Um, everything has been awesome. Uh, shout out to the Uncomfortables. Uh, as of right now, the, the group is sold out, guys. Uh, we are closed right now. But email info at billythekid.com if you're interested in joining in the future uh, with your story. And we will put you on the waiting list. Um, again, we, we I, I just like my groups to be compacted, right? So uh, and, and if this group makes sense, guys, I'm telling you, like every single member in that group, their life has changed completely after joining the group. And go check out the testimonials. I don't have to tell you. Go check out the testimonials of every single person that has done one from the group. Um, but shout out to the Uncomfortables. I am very proud of all of you guys, each and every one of you guys, for everything that you guys have done. It is amazing to see, and I cannot wait to see more. Uh, power being uncomfortable out everywhere. And go grab a copy. The audiobook is also out. But I think that is all I got, guys. Um, and actually, real quick, too, uh, I just wanted to give you guys a quick update of kind of where everything's at. Um, we're actually finalizing fit in my uh, uh, personal house. That's what I wanted to tell you guys. Um, we're actually finishing up, so I'm excited for that. I can't wait. Uh, here in 2024, I'm going to uh, have a whole new background for my podcast, a whole podcast room. So I, I, I'm excited for that. Um, this studio has been amazing. Everything that I've done, music and my my podcasts, uh, videos, like everything I've done in this room has been amazing. But uh, time to go to that next level, right? The next chapter, which is um, my new build. So I'm excited. I'll keep you guys posted on that. But Angela Duncan is on the podcast today, guys. And if you have not checked her out, make sure you guys do. Uh, empower your money, guys. Like it, it, such a great episode because I feel like um, this episode is something that everybody should listen to to learn a little bit about money. And that little bit that you're gonna learn, which she overdelivered, guys. But I'm being a little uh, discreet here. But the the little stuff that you could do out of this podcast today, guys, will change your life in the future. I promise you. All the information she provided. Such an amazing person, uh, very intentional with everything that she does. You're going to learn. And you know what? I am done explaining because I'm ready to listen to it myself. So with that being said, guys, here is Angela Duncan. Let's get it, baby. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle podcast, baby. It is your boy, Billy the Kid, a.k.a. BDK. Super excited today. I have Angela Duncan on the other end. I cannot wait to hear all the amazing things that you got going on in your story. How are you doing, Angela? I am amazing. Awesome. 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 And uh, at the beginning of the show, I just like to let people know your story. So kind of why are you here, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I like to go way back. I, I'm a survivor of childhood abuse and poverty. My mother was an alcoholic. My stepfather abused me. Um, I moved around a lot, Section 8 housing welfare, so I understand what it's like to not have money. And as I was getting older at 18, I knew I needed to leave that situation. I moved out of the house, and that's kind of where I pursued my knowledge of money. I knew that I never, ever wanted to be in that situation again and knew that I'd have a kid someday, and I never wanted that kid to grow up that way. So I just had to figure out this money thing. I love that, and it's such a... You know, I, I always think back of how there's so many family uh, families out there that will say, oh, don't talk about money on the dinner table. Right. Or or they're quietly about whether it's uh, good money problems or bad money problems, but they keep it away from their kids. And I personally don't. I whether it's good or bad, I always show the kids the numbers. Uh, let's start with that, since you you mentioned that part of it. Um what are some steps and what are some stuff that you do with your kids and what do you suggest people do? And do you agree with me? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, you know, my daughter, I had my daughter at 25 and I knew that, like I said, I just didn't want her to have to grow up the way that I did. And when I had my daughter, I was married to um, her father and we lived in a neighborhood in San Diego where even Domino's pizza would not deliver to my house. So I was like, we got to figure this out. And unfortunately, her dad and I had different views when it came to money. He liked the situation we were at. We grew up in that, you know, he said we turned out fine, but I knew that I wanted more. So I was working for Bank of America at the time. And I believe that you need to get around people who are doing more than you. If you want to learn, you have to get around people who are doing something that you want to learn about, right? So it's not just about picking up a book or getting a college education. I want to see real life examples and ask real questions to people who are doing things that I want to learn about. So thankfully, I worked at Bank of America in a financial firm, and I was surrounded by powerful women who were financial advisors. And so I just started asking questions. I started hanging out with them, going to lunch with them, working with them. And I just wanted them to teach me about money. And so that's kind of where my journey started as far as my career was. Um, I went through the tech bubble in the early 2000s. And I learned that although I want to teach people about money and I want to learn about money, I was not great at picking stocks. So I had to pivot a little bit. And that's when I got into real estate. And I have been studying real estate for over 20 years. I I'm a huge component. Like I believe that real estate is the way to build generational wealth. Um, so I started off as a real estate agent, then, you know, started doing investing in single family homes. Thankfully, I went through the housing bubble in Florida, but I was able to pick up some properties at a really cheap rate. So just doing the numbers, actually looking at the properties, you know, what am I going to buy it for? What's the insurance? What's the rent going to go for? What are the taxes? And will I make money? That's all I cared about is like the bottom line. And so that's kind of where my real estate investing had started. I love that. Uh, so many questions, Angela. Uh, so out of that, let, let's dive into uh, real estate a little bit. What strategy have you used uh, to grow your portfolio? Yeah, it was single family, one house at a time. And it's much different today than I did back then. But that's kind of how you learn. You know, I wasn't the type that, you, you know, like the Grant Cardones, go out and buy a hundred complex, hundred unit apartment complex right away. You know, that wasn't what I was comfortable with. I wanted to take it more of a baby step. And then you mentioned, you know, children, right? My daughter was born um, when I was 25, I started real estate investing a few years later, and I would drag her around everywhere with me. And when she was younger, she hated it. And when I would put CDs on in the car, I'm dating myself right now, but you know, I'd put on Tony Robbins, I'd put on Darren Hardy, and we would listen mm. to the information because you've got to control what comes into your brain, right? Otherwise, how are you going to learn? How are you going to keep the negativity out of your world if you're not controlling what you're inputting into your brain? Um, so she she still used to like get mad at me on the way to school, I would take her to school and she'd be like, mom, why can't you be like the other moms and let me listen to music? I want to hear Selena Gomez. And I'm like, nope, my car, my rules when you drive someday, which by the way, does bite me in the ass because she does drive me around and I have to listen to her music now. Um, but you know, going Love back it. to that, I would just take her to houses. So she was talking about marketing when she was like five, six years old, you know, like, why don't you do this or take photos of this or put this in the house? And as a parent, you just want to continue to, you know, promote them and say, like, have those conversations with them, teach them about money super early. She had a store in our house. So like when the grandparents would come over, she would make things and sell them. And of course, they're not going to say no, but I would teach her, you know, like this piece of paper costs this much, these crayons cost this much. So now you need to make a profit. You have to sell it for at least this. So yeah, she was selling like pieces of paper for $2 to make a profit and they bought it, but you know, it's just teaching her about the numbers very early yeah. on in her life. Wow. Love it. Love it. Love it. And uh, I, it's so true what you said. I, I love Grant Cardone. Shout out to Grant Cardone. But uh, I truly believe in baby steps as well. And and it just reminds me in every business that I've dealt with, uh, including real estate. And it, it, if you want to open a, a store, right, like don't go out and buy this big old warehouse or or uh, a even at the mall, right? Like the rents are a little bit higher. If you, I would start something small to where you grow it. Um, I think a lot of people get in into loans and, and all this debt at the beginning when they start mm -hmm. a business that uh, it just create. And, and so I, I think it also applies with real estate. Um, 
you know, there's uh, the those so-called quote-unquote gurus, those of you who are not watching, I'm air-quoting uh, gurus out there when it comes to real estate that promote the whole no money, right? Which, yes, there's de definitely ways to do it, but I say at the beginning, just be boring about it and just save your 20% down, have thirty to $50,000 saved. And, and I think that's where your education comes in. Can you elaborate a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm not a believer in go big or go bigger or go big and go home. You know, I believe in starting small because I want to become an expert first before I go bigger mm. because that's where we get in trouble, especially here in the U.S. You know, if you go to the usdebtclock.org, it shows real-time numbers of credit card debt in the U.S. It shows real-time numbers of student loan debt in the U.S. It's astronomical. Like if we could tackle that first and teach financial education investing at the same time, this country would be so wealthy. It would be incredible, but that's not the way we approach things. And that's not the way that we're taught. Obviously, you know, we don't get taught financial education in school. It's a big gap that we don't have. So it's, it's relying on the parents, but if the parents didn't learn, or if they're not taking the time to learn, then how are we supposed to change this whole shift and, you know, create a more wealthy society? And I'm not just talking about like millionaires. Not everyone needs to be a millionaire. It doesn't make you happy but I just want freedom. I want to be able to choose where I live. I want to take a vacation when I want to. I want to pay off my house if I want to. You know, that's what I consider freedom. And it really starts with education first. And if we can't, as parents, educate ourselves, then how are we expecting our children or the next generation to make any changes? Mm, I love that. So true. And uh, again, I just keep thinking about that, Angela, like even you know, when, when I started my construction company, I, I used to drive in my little civic and that's where I would carry material, however I could fit them in there. And then mm -hmm. when I bought my first truck, it wasn't nothing flashy. It was just a little three seater one, uh, just one seat, right. Three seats. And that was it. Like, uh, and then now I drive a nicer truck, but it's still not my dream truck because I'm building towards that. Now, can I go buy it? Of course. But again, the, the, better you get with money, the less material stuff mean anyways. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so I love that, that that's so amazing. And again, real estate, go buy that single family house, then a duplex, fourplex grow from there. Right. Uh, don't go out there and buy a big old building that you're probably going to fail at if you have, if you have no idea what to do with the single family home. So Angela, that, that was amazing. Um, now, with your kids, I, I I still would love to hear a little bit more. What are some teachings that you have created at home coming from where you're coming from? Like your story is just amazing, very relatable, by the way, uh, full of poverty. What what are some teachings that and actions that you taught your kids from the beginning? And just you because I, I usually repeat myself a lot to my kids when it comes to money, right? Like any little lesson that I'm able to find, I'll throw it out there while I'm driving or whatever. Uh, what are some lessons and, and just actions that you've taken with your kids? I think you just mentioned it though. It's like, we could talk to we're blue in the face and say the same thing over and over. And we have no idea if they're actually absorbing the information. Most times, you know, as a parent, when they're younger, yeah, they think, you know, stuff, but as they get older, it's like the parent knows absolutely nothing. So the way that I think that people should approach it is by example and involving them. You know, I owned a real estate Remax office. So bringing her to the office to sit in a team meeting to listen to the agents as they're on the phone and hear what they're saying to people and asking them questions too. Like, what did you think about that? Or what do you think about real estate? Um, I also did the teaching at my daughter's school where I came in and this was actually funny. I think she was in like third grade at the time. So I did a teaching where they allow a parent to come into the classroom and teach the profession that they're in, right? And so I wanted to do this experiment with the kids. And what I did is I put a picture of a house and a picture of a condo and a picture of this mansion. And then I gave them play money and I wanted them to guess how much each thing costs. And you got everything from like a dollar to a trillion dollars, right? Kids have no concept of money until you teach them. So don't allow them to go their whole childhood without teaching them what the value of money is, how much do things cost? And even when they become a teenager, when my daughter was a teenager and she got a job, I would take her to the gas station and ask her like, okay, we just filled up the tank. It's a hundred dollars. You make $10 an hour. How many hours did you have to make? Or how many hours did you have to work just to fill up this gas? So they become very cognizant about money and how it translates to the cost of living so that they're more conscious as an adult to what they're spending, what they're earning, and hopefully they're not going to get themselves in trouble when it comes into debt. So really 
just immersing them with you and everything you do when you're making money decisions, when you're making business decisions, when you're making just life decisions, sometimes talking to them isn't going to help. You have to really show them and involve them in your everyday life so that they can learn from themselves. Mm, I love that. And I keep asking you these questions about kids, Angela, because uh, I think just the listeners, those of you who are listening, I feel like that's how we learn the most is from the kids and and just simple ways of teaching, right? And and I love that uh, you you have that with your kids. Um, I do so have one the- more piece of advice. I'm sorry yeah. on that too. No, go ahead, so please. I was I was a huge believer in teaching my daughter everything that I possibly could when it came to business and money as a kid. But I think where I failed is introducing her to other kids with parents like me. So involving those kids with kids who are being brought up in similar situations where they're being taught about money and finance and and business, because what happens is she starts to make friends with kids whose parents aren't spending the same amount of time helping them for their future, and they just don't relate. So now that she's in college, she'll say this, like, my friends, you know, they sleep until noon, they have a credit card from their parent, they never have to get a job. And even though I have money, I still require her to work to pay for her everyday stuff. I help with school, as long as the grades are there, and as long as she has a job, but she still has to earn her keep. And when she has friends that don't have to do the same, it's very difficult because how are you going to, you know, relate to the the other kids or how are you going to collaborate and like start a business in college? You know, I think that's such a, a huge part of the college life is starting that business life too. Yes, enjoying the college part of it, but getting a, a good start on business, but you don't have any other kids to relate to. So I think that was a big failure on my part. And I always advocate for other parents to get their kids around other kids that are being taught very similar ways and values so that they have someone and they feel like there's a community around them too. Mm, so good that like, it, I, it's so relatable too, Angela, because it, it's so true. And I usually try to make it a lesson, whether it's uh, somebody who made a good decision or a bad decision with money, I usually just make it into a lesson and say, Hey, look, this is kind of the outcome of, uh, you know, the person making that move. And, and it's usually Unfortunately, most people aren't good with money. And so there's a lot of things that people do that I have to explain to them like, hey, this is why they did that or this is the outcome of that. So it it is tough to find people out there that have already these skills, right? But I love that. And it's almost, um, I, thank you for bringing that up because that was my next question was, um, what are some stuff that you have done with your kids so that they're not brats, right? Like you're not just give, give, give. Like what, what are, uh, I know you mentioned that even just the college example you just gave me, but just even as uh, when they were young, what were some of the stuff that you did with your kids? Yo, we'll be right back to this great episode of the Million Dollar Hustle podcast. Before we continue, I want you to go grab a copy of my book, The Power of Being Uncomfortable. It is out on Amazon. It is out on Barnes and Noble, walmart.com, target.com, and everywhere else books are available. The great news, guys, is you could go to billythekid.com and grab an autographed copy. That is right. I'm going to mail you an autographed copy right now. Audiobook is also available on Audible and everywhere else audiobooks are available. So go listen to it. Go grab yourself an autographed copy and I'll see you on the other side, baby. And now back to this great episode of the Million Dollar Hustle podcast. Yeah. And that's kind of tough, too, because while I think a lot of the responsibility falls on the parent, you know, kids are kids. They're going to be influenced by their external factors and not everything we can control. So I learned a lot about my daughter as she was older of things that she did when she was younger that she didn't quite tell mom, which is okay. You know, I'm, I'm here for her to just support her. I want her to learn her own lessons, but I want to also keep that open communication. So allow your child to have that communication with you, allow them to have conversations with you. It's very easy for us to be judgy or to tell them what we think. Um, so when she's coming to me and asking me questions or venting, I ask her, like, do you want me to listen in this moment or do you want me to give you advice? Because then I know how to approach it because most times she's coming to me and just venting about something, whether it's schoolwork or, you know, she played basketball, whatever it was, I didn't want her to feel like she couldn't come to me and have conversations. And so I spent a lot of time with her, you know, with the conversations and, and hoping that she can have conversations with me when she needed things or had questions, um, but also giving her other outlets too. Like if you want to go talk to grandma about this or, you know, my brother about that and and encouraging that. So just you really need to build their confidence from a very early time so that they know that they can ask questions, they can make mistakes, 
And then they can just watch you and see what you do. So don't teach something that you're not actually doing yourself because you think it's a good idea. Do the wow. thing that you're teaching or teach them, you know, or don't teach them about that. That That's my big thing is I, I don't like phonies. I don't like fake, you know, lots of people sell all kinds of stuff on the internet, but they're not really experts in that field. Um, so making sure that I'm teaching them what I know and what I, what I don't know, I find someone else to help teach them. And, you know, it's so sad, Angela, because you constantly hear parents, right? Like, don't do what I did, right? Like, it's it's so easy to to say it that way, right? Like, and it, it's sad. It, it really is sad for society overall, because we do see that a lot. We do see where they're, that's the way they're teaching them. Instead of showing them, they're just telling them not to do what they did. Um, and there's some parents that don't even know that they're doing it wrong, right? So mm -hmm. uh, I think you have to be mindful of that and, and conscious up. Tell us a little bit about your book, Empower Your Money. How did that come about and just some pointers? Yeah, so I wrote this book this year. I really wanted to make a simple book. There are so many finance books out there that are very, you know, lots of words, lots of terms. If you've never studied money or you just want to start learning about money, it's overwhelming. And I didn't want that. I wanted this first book to be about financial tips and to pique curiosity, to get you to start asking questions. So I put really simple advice in the book because this is a starting point for people. If you've never studied finance before, if you really just want to turn your life around and you want to start learning some terms, you want to start getting some small pieces of advice, then this is the type of book that's for you. And I think what I found when I wrote this book, you know, I always thought that I studied money because I never wanted to be in poverty. That was my driving force as I was running away from something. But I think what I really learned after this book, and I mean, I'm 45, so, you know, it took me this long to figure this out. But writing this book really helped me understand that if my mom had better financial education, then maybe she would not have stayed in that abusive situation. And if she would have had better financial education, money, business, jobs, something, she would have left that person and I wouldn't have had to go through what I did. So I really wrote this book to make sure that no woman or anybody really stays in a situation because they don't have money. I don't want you to feel like you're stuck because I don't have a job. I don't know anything about money. So I have to stay here, like get education, figure it out, find a job, side hustle, something so that you can get enough money to get out of that situation. And there's lots of charities nowadays that will help you get out of that situation. Don't stay there because that abuse, you don't deserve at all. Mm, I love that. And to to go a little bit into that, uh, Angela, I also I truly believe like obviously we have traumas, right? Like that that's a trauma for you. What what's because it's been very that was probably the hardest part for me was to forgive people that they didn't know what they didn't know, right? Like and and it it is tough. It is tough because it also makes me wonder what I don't know that I'm teaching my kids now, right? So mm -hmm. what what were some steps that you took to kind of get over that? part of it and and uh in other words not hate the people that raised you right and and just people around you that that's all they knew uh but obviously you look back now and it's because again I'm, i've gone through the same thing where it's like god i wish you know somebody would have taught me this or that yeah the big thing for me is god i did not believe in god as a child because i had no one around me to teach me any different you know i believe that if god really existed why would he let a child go through what i did but what I learned as an adult and now being in church, I was saved seven years ago, and that was a true testament for my daughter getting me into church. But what I learned is God could not stop the devil that was in my life. He couldn't change the abuser. But what he did is he gave me the strength because he had a better plan for me. So he gave me the strength to endure what I did because he knew it was ahead of me. And I just didn't understand that as a kid. Now as an adult, you know, I am a Christian. I go to church. Um, I'm studying the Bible. I was baptized seven years ago. I understand why God exists in my life. And I gave my life to Jesus, right? So everything I do today, it's his plan. I am here to serve him. And by doing financial education to women, I am serving him because I know that there's other women in situations that may feel lost. Maybe they don't believe in God anymore. Or maybe they do. And they're just looking for a way out. That's what I'm here for. That's my purpose. And and being a believer in God and knowing that I'm not in full control of my life has really just like lifted this weight off of me. So I truly believe that I'm here for a reason and I'm just serving my purpose and whatever's in front of me, I'm, I'm here for the ride and I'm here to carry out what I'm supposed to do. I have a responsibility to teach others. 
I have taken that responsibility. I love teaching people about money. And so this is my gift and I understand it now, but it took me a very long time to get there. I love that. And and there's so many people that uh, while you're going through it, it's so hard to see the the reasoning behind it. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I truly believe there is a reason for every single thing that we go through. And at the end of the day, uh, I, I'm religious as well. I'm very faithful to Angela. And uh, it's one of those where it's like, you know, uh, the devil is also real, guys. Like mm-hmm. that that's the thing I think a lot of people fail to realize, like it's not just God, right? Choosing to give you the battles. Don't don't forget that the devil's also real. And if if the devil's living in your mind, then you're most likely listening to that dark side of uh, of things. So uh, I love that, Angela. And um, what is one book that uh, has changed your life? And and it could be a money book or just uh, any book in general that uh, that's your favorite book of all time. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple, but I'm going to pick The Traveler's Gift. And I can't remember who the author is right now, but there's a section about it, about being happy. So coming from a background that I did, I was a negative person. I thought the world was just awful. There's awful people. So controlling my mindset is something that I do every single day from the start of the day to what I do at the end of the day, I choose to be happy. And that's what the chapter's about. It's like today I choose to be happy. I am grateful for everything from the rain outside to having a roof over my head, just the simple things that we in the U.S. get to have every day. I mean, I don't have to go walk to get water. I have a gas station, a credit card. You know, we're on technology right now. 99% of the world doesn't have this kind of riches. So choosing to be happy, controlling my mindset, and just being grateful, like just be grateful every day and share that spirit with other people. You know, we get so much negativity in our world. It's our responsibility as happy, positive people to share that message with people so that hopefully we can stop the negativity that goes so much around our world and just find more peace, more inner peace for me is most important and whatever I can do to control myself and hopefully help other people. But it starts with me first. Mm, I love that. And do you have any uh, books that you're because I, I love your first book, right? Like what what what's some ideas that are floating through your head right now? Yeah. So the book that I'm reading right now that I'm super excited about, and it's tough because I've been studying money for over 20 years. So to find a book about money and actually enjoy it and read it from cover to cover is rare for me. But I'm just finishing up Wealth Habits by Candy Valentino. Um, She's got a podcast as well, but she lines out step-by-step each chapter. And it's amazing because the first thing she starts with is mindset. Like you can have all of this knowledge about any topic, but you will never be abundant. You will never be wealthy until you change your mindset. It has to start there. And when you know that you deserve to have abundance in your life and to create wealth, then your mind just looks for those opportunities. And so when it starts with your mindset and then the action items, that's the way I feel you can be successful. Mm, I love that. So powerful. To tag along with that, Angela, um, you 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 have mentioned that you you're very mindful of working your mind and all that. Uh, what are some stuff that you do? Maybe a daily routine, or or what are some habits that you you incorporate in your daily life to get your mind going? Yep. So when I wake up, I don't check my phone, social media. I do check my phone for messages in case, you know, because I put it on do not disturb at nighttime. But if someone needed me, then I check my phone for messages. But then I get up and I have a journal. I go outside. I'm in Miami, so it's always sun shining. I take my dogs outside. I sit down and I write in my journal. What am I working on right now? What are my top 10 goals, whether they're short, mid, long term, money, personal? They're there in one section. And I also then write 10 gratitude statements, whether it pertains to something that I've done or just something that I'm grateful for. That's how I start my day. I start it with positivity. I start it with sunshine. I don't start it with social media. And then I go work out. I'm a huge Pilates person. So I go work out first thing. Then I come back, tackle my day. And the way that I end my day... Um, is I love humor. Like I, you, I can't live life without humor. Like I just want to laugh. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy life. So I typically end my day by watching YouTube. I don't have any cable ESPN. I don't pay for any of that Netflix stuff. Um, but I watch YouTube and it's impractical jokers, ridiculousness, Kevin Hart. Like I want humor. So I start my day with gratitude. I end my day with laughter and anything in between, I try my best to control it. I'm not perfect. I definitely have my down days, but if I can at least be intentional with the start and the finish of each day, then that really helps me stay in a positive mindset. 
I love that, Angela, because it, it's uh, I always as a uh, success coach and mind coach, right? Like I, I'm always letting my mentees know like, hey, we're tricking ourselves, right? Like into believing what's possible and, and the, the joy and happy because we're human, right? Like we're, we're gonna feel down. We're gonna go through them days. Uh, but I love how you intentionally end your day like that. Like I, I'm going to have to definitely uh, be mindful of that myself. Cause I, I love comedy by the way already. And that's really all I watch. I relate to every name that you just mentioned right now. So uh, I love that. And what do you think? Uh, because Coming from the past that you're coming from, uh, again, the subconscious mind is already recorded, right? Like it has mm -hmm. all that in there. Um, what throughout the years, yeah, uh, you said you've been studying money for 20 years. So the last 20 years, Angela, what um, from the beginning till now, what are some exercises that you've done to kind of reprogram yourself, right? Yep. So we talked early on about getting in the right rooms. To me, I want to be in the room where I'm not the smartest person. I don't need you to boost my ego. I don't need anyone to tell me how wonderful I am. I'm going to go into rooms where I'm going to learn something because if you're a student for your life, then you're always growing. Number two, invest in yourself. Very similar to that, but I go to conferences outside of what I know. I go to webinars. Um, I meet up with people who are experts in different fields because I want to know a little bit about everything so that I can pick and choose where my next route is going to be on this path, right? And so being intentional though, but learning from experts is a big thing for me. And I know it's hard to know who's an expert. There's 5 million podcasts. There's billions of videos on YouTube. Like, how do you really know? Um, and that's tough. So, you know, kind of just picking and choosing what you want to learn about and being intentional about that. And then taking time off to just clear your mind. If you go, 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 go all the time, I don't think that entrepreneurs are that way. Successful entrepreneurs do not work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If they do, they're a solopreneur and they haven't learned to build out a team. So you have to be an entrepreneur, but you got to be able to shut it down and let your brain rest. And I'm big on exercise and fasting. Fasting for me is difficult, but just a water fast. Um, you know, I follow Dr. Gary Brecka and he talks mm. about fasting and taking care of your body and your mind first, because again, if I don't take care of this, then how am I supposed to help anybody else or teach anybody else? I got to get my mind right first, eating, exercise, water, taking time off and gratitude mm. and going, of course, going to church too. So I love that. Very intentional for sure. And how do you deal Angela with that? Because You've you mentioned it a couple of times that you get in the right rooms, right? Which uh, I totally believe, like uh, the average of five, right? Is who you become for sure. And your money will show for it. Like I guarantee you guys that if you're hanging out with somebody that has money problems, you're going to have money problems. And uh, it, it's the opposite too. If somebody's good with money and for the most part, somebody that is good with money, it does get annoying when somebody's not and you don't want to deal with that, right? Um, so with that being said, Angela, how have you dealt with people that are not to your level. And maybe it could be people that you do care for, right? Like how, how have you kind of put them to the side or what do you do? We'll be right before back. Before we continue, go subscribe to Billy the Kid YouTube. That is Billy, D-H-A-K-I-D. -E. Also, go follow Billy the Kid music on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, and everywhere else. Music is available. And now, Back to this great episode. Let's go. I'm hopping out the two door, wearing number two four. Hey. Feel like Kobe though, I'm winning, need to do more. My mama sorry, college wasn't for me. Street smart, no degree, just like Kobe. Self made boss with a suit like a mogul. I'm the new era. You see it on my logo. So I saw a quote recently that talked about, you know, if you look at your five around you, if you're not all five uplifting each other and learning and growing together, then you're in a cage. So if you take that analogy and think about you being in a cage, you're not growing. And so if you're not growing, how are you helping your other people? How are you helping your family? How are you teach other people about wealth and generational building? Um, so it's very important for that. And I do have some people in my life that I have to keep at a distance, you know, because they're just not on the same playing field with me. And that's okay. Like I tell them, you know, these are my goals. This is where I'm going. I'd love to teach you if you want to know more. If not, you know, we can hang out and have, you know, coffee but I'm also very intentional because I don't want the negativity. So the negative people tend not to stick around because I combat them with the positivity, right? They're talking about, oh me, why does this happen? And I'm, and I'm 
working on switching their mind around. And I'm so positive and energetic and kind of over the top sometimes that they just choose not to hang out with me, which I'm okay with because then it's their choice, not mine, because they just don't want to have a more positive mindset. And that's okay. That's the way that they want to live their life. I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to make comments about them to other people. I'm just going to allow for them not to be part of my everyday life. And I'm intentional with that too, because that's really the only thing you can control is your attitude and your time and what's around you. Now, I, I get there's some situations you got parents and kids that you have to have in your life, but you can keep it at a minimum. Mm, so good. Love it. Love it. And, uh, we, since we're kind of in the middle of, uh, or not in the middle at the heading towards 2024 here, um, what are some goal setting stuff that you do every year and kind of to keep you going every year and, and go to the next level? Yeah. So for me, I don't think about 2024. I think about January. So last month I was thinking about December. What are my goals right now? What are the things that I'm doing every day? And are they meeting my goal? So when I say yes to an event or yes to a speaking event, um, is it furthering what I want to work on? And for me, I have been really focused on podcast because it's free to so many people in this world that they can just jump on. They can listen to information. They can watch it. And if I want to help more people and teach more people about money, then I'm going to choose platforms that are easily accessible to more people. So I'm very intentional with podcasts right now. If someone's going to ask me to, you know, go to an event that doesn't suit my podcasting or money or business or something that I can help, you know, teach other people, then I limit that time. And I do go to other conferences that are completely out of my realm of knowledge but I'm not making that intentional either. So I just limit that time, but I'm intentional right now, month to month, year to year. It doesn't matter if it's 2023, 2024, I'm setting goals, not new year's resolutions. I think that that's a mindset thing. I don't like that for me personally. So I just set goals and I keep looking at my goals. I have a huge whiteboard behind me here, six feet wide. And it talks about what am I working on now? What are some subcategories of that? And then what are some future goals that I want to obtain in the next five, 10 years as well? Wow. I love that. It's so true. The new year, new me people, right? Like the first 30 days or 30 days of January, they're at the gym and all that. And again, it's unfortunate. And, and, and again, it's just the mindset. It, it just really comes back to the mindset. So, uh, I'm actually hosting a, uh, goal setting mastermind, because I, I truly believe that it is very important to have it on paper and to go out there and conquer. Right. And also, to look back. I think uh, a lot of times uh, people like us, Angela, we forget to look back sometimes of all the awesome things we've done too. And, and I think it's very important to uh, because that's what keeps us in joy, right? Like you look mm -hmm. back, but then don't look back too, too hard and you got to keep going. Right. So I, I love that. Um, And w one thing uh, I did wanted to ask you with uh, the real estate, what does your portfolio look like now? Yeah. So now I'm into multifamily investing. Um, syndications, you know, it's where a group of people come together, put some money together and we buy bigger stuff. So I have five syndications that I'm in. Um, my mom, I bought her house so that she can live in her house because she never learned about money. So I feel like I've done my part. I took care of my mom. Um, but everything else is in multifamily investments. So I went from having $0 leaving at 18 to real estate portfolios over 3 million. I do believe in investing in the stock market as well, because I like to play a little bit on both sides. Um, can't control a lot of the stock market. So I'm very you know, cautious about where I'm putting my money and doing my research and hiring experts there. So I'm about half stock market, half real estate. Um, but yeah, so I've got a seven figure net worth. I'm on my own and I'm still, you know, grinding and I don't intend to stop any day soon, but I've definitely have taken a step back and not worked as much as I'm starting to travel a little bit more and just enjoy life because I feel like, like you said, it's not about the stuff so much anymore, money to hopefully support me for a very long time. And then just find ways to, to continue to contribute and give back to society now that I've got the time to do so. I love that. And uh, this it, it's so funny because this question at the very beginning means a lot to a lot of people. Uh, but I, I, as you know, you get to certain levels, right? Like the level that you're at, Angela. But I'm going to ask you for the people that are maybe haven't even started yet. How many doors do you have right now? Um, I'm in several syndications. So my actual door count is about it's a little over 500. 
Mm, I love that. And and again, I'm sure you understand why I set up the question that way, because the more you invest, it kind of just becomes a thing at that point. But uh, yeah. at the very beginning, I think it is important to count, right? Like if it, those of you who haven't started or are going to start, you definitely need to count. But I think uh, you'll find out you get to a certain level where you just invest your money. So, uh, yeah. and, and if they're looking to get started right now, Fannie Mae has an amazing product where you can buy up to a fourplex with 5% down. I mean, you couldn't do that a year ago. You had to put 20% down. So the fact that they came out, they're promoting real estate investing because they know that we get great tax write-offs when you're real estate investing and they want to help you grow wealth outside of the stock market. So pay attention to what the market's doing, take advantage of the rules, get with the CPA, a tax strategist to help you figure out how to keep more of what you're earning and how to invest better for the future. So it, it's amazing how many like rules there are that we just don't take advantage of because we just don't know. So again, it goes back, find the experts, learn from the experts. I love that. Yeah, definitely look into that, guys. Uh, I think it's it's life changing uh, mm -hmm. what what they're offering. So uh, I love that you brought that up. Uh, I could sit here, Angela, and talk to you all day. <laughs> so such a, an amazing person, and just uh, the information you have provided. I, I look at every episode like a book, and I think we we like you deliver. You over delivered. Uh, so those of you who are listening, you take the steps and the information that Angela has provided today. It's life changing and your life will change if you actually apply it. That's mm -hmm. there's a difference between just uh, acquiring all this info and never doing nothing. Right. So uh, to end the show, Angela, I usually ask the same questions to every guest. Um, and the first question that I do have for you, and especially with your story, is if you had to look back at your youngest self, uh, maybe uh, as a kid or, or 17, 18 year old self, what would be the best piece of advice you would tell? And what would you tell yourself right now? And the best piece of advice you would give yourself? Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Hopefully I don't cry through this one. Um, I would tell myself that God loves you because when you go through what I did as a child, you just feel alone. You feel like no one's there for you. No one cares about you. If you passed I mean, there are times that I shouldn't be here right now. So knowing and telling her that God loves you and in front of you and to just keep fighting. Mm, powerful, very powerful answer. And uh, if there was, so again, the million dollar hustle is basically what are some habits, steps that you need to take to get to that point. But people fail to know that it's not really about the money. And and at the very beginning, a lot of people make it about that, right? Uh, the next question leads into that is, what are three things that you would tell somebody to do? And if you do these three things, you're going to be successful. You're going to get to where you want to be. What are yeah. the three steps for you? So we did talk about the first one, invest in yourself. That's always my number one recommendation is to educate yourself first, find something. And yeah, I'm not a believer in stuff, but maybe you are, maybe you're, you love wine. So you can turn that into a business. It doesn't have to be a hobby. It doesn't have to be an expense. If you love cars, figure out how to make that a business, you know, take some of the things that you love and enjoy, or that people are asking you about and turn it into a side hustle. If you need to keep your job, that's fine. Not a problem at all, but it's okay to spend money on stuff. But don't just make it an expense, make it an investment. That's where the knowledge comes to play. You know, figure out how do I make money for my hobby? I love that. Powerful, powerful. And uh, so I wrote The Power of Being Uncomfortable. And I, I love at the beginning when you mentioned your book, Angela, uh, you mentioned that it was just a quick, simple, straight to the information. And that's that was my goal with this one, too. It's very uh, thin, nothing crazy. Uh, but if you fall and, and I can guarantee you that if you follow the book that she wrote, that I wrote, your life will change, guys, because it's straight to the point. And so with that being said, with the power of being uncomfortable, I keep hearing the pattern, right? Like the you got uncomfortable many times to get to where you're at. But what is the answer that comes to your head right away when I ask you, what was the number one way that you got uncomfortable that paid off to this day? Yeah, I would say for me, it was going through my divorce. I know that I could have stayed in that situation. I lived a great life. We were amazing business owners, but we weren't great at being married. And so leaving that and leaving the entire business, my identity, moving out of a house, losing the company that I helped build was extremely uncomfortable. And I ended up leaving that city and moving four hours away just to start over. I knew no one in Miami when I moved here. But I knew that I needed to remove myself from the situation, rebuild my mind, get to a great place again, and then start rebuilding and knowing and giving myself grace. Like, it's okay. Like, I didn't mess up. I learned a lot during the process. 
but I really had to get uncomfortable to leave that situation and to start completely over and have a brand new identity and to find myself again. And, you know, I'm going to ask you this question to make a point. Did it, was it worth it, Angela? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm happier today than I ever was. Do I miss a lot of that lifestyle and, and kind of the business and having that business partner? Absolutely. But you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. So I'm happy. And I, and I think that's the, the, the point that I'm making guys is, uh, the unknown, the uncomfortable, or is always uncomfortable, right? The unknown is always uncomfortable, but once you make that leap, you're going to find out the other side. And I think, uh, not even just on the personal level, like Angela just shared, but in business, if you if you have never done something, you go out there and do it, you're going to become an expert, right? As you keep doing it over and over, and you're going to look back and say, oh, you know what? That wasn't too bad. Let me go to the next level. And uh, I think uh, a lot of people forget to do that. So get uncomfortable with uh, everything that you do, um, and you will find out. Now, again, take those baby steps, though, because it's funny, Angela, I'm Mr. Uncomfortable, right? Like I'm always pushing people like, Hey, leave your job and this and that. But, uh, it's funny because, uh, towards the end of the book, I have a chapter called take calculated risks, take mm -hmm. calculated risk, uh, meaning don't go crazy and be like, you know what? I'm leaving my job. I'm going to move here and do this business, right? Like you could actually take it step by step, baby steps, little by little and build it to that point. So that way it's calculated. So I love your story, Angela. And the last question that I have for you is um, uh, you wrote a book, but what is another book that you're going to write? Um, I've already started on it. I'm publishing it now on Amazon. It's 31 Days of Inspired Money Abundance. So it's a journal, but it also has Bible quotes. So it's helping you to create goals. It's helping you to be grateful for things in your life, to say thanks to what is abundant in your life, but it also has a, a Bible verse for each page of the journal. So I am um, publishing it now on Amazon. It'll be available next week. And I'm excited because to have a journal that focuses on goals, gratitude, and brings God in your life to me is just an incredible way to help people have another tool to help them on their journey. Love it. Love it. Love it. Go grab it, guys. And then where can people find you, Angela? Um, I'm all over social me social media, Empower Her Money, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Empower Her Money. Love it. Go follow her, guys, and make sure that you guys screenshot wherever it is that you're listening to the podcast. Uh, and then tag Angela, tag me, and we're going to reshare it on Instagram or wherever it is that you are on social media. We are everywhere. So tag us. Thank you for listening. Make sure you guys subscribe anywhere it is that you are listening, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye, Mano. Used to be broke, now it's time to eat. Can't even pay your phone bill, talk is cheap. I done love it up, now I'm out of your reach. I'm, I'm still going, still ain't reaching my peak. Could you chunk us on my feet? Used to be broke, now it's time to eat. Could you chunk us on my feet? Take a seat, you can't compete. Simple, but it ain't easy. If not in my checklist, then I.